All right, and welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast of the University of Wisconsin Green Bay Psychology Program. I'm Ryan Martin, chair of the psych program here at UW Green Bay and host of Psychology and Stuff. Today, we are going to talk about mental health literacy with UW Green Bay psychology faculty member, Dr. Chris Vespia. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well today. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, and I guess what I wanted to start with is a question for our listeners, and that is, what is mental health literacy? You know, that's a really good question. So <laughs> yes. I like it when we start out with good questions. Me too. Uh, I got some bad ones lined up here as we go. So. Awesome. <laughs> yes. That's that's great. Uh you know, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to sound obvious here for a moment, but I'm going to sound obvious for a moment. It, it's actually being literate or educated about mental health and, and mental illness. Um, I think a, a different way um, to to think about it that that listeners might appreciate is that many of them have taken first aid classes or have you know been to a Red Cross training on something, and so they have a sense of kind of a physical or a medical literacy. And uh, the people who work in mental health literacy would say that just as adults walking around this planet, we all have some degree of medical literacy, that we know if someone um, walking with us trips and twists their ankle, that probably they shouldn't walk on it, that we might have them, you know, lie down, and we would right. elevate, right? Right. We might apply ice, things like that. Um, did we learn that in a Red Cross first aid class? Maybe, but you know, most of us know that whether we took that first aid course or not. Mm -hmm. There's a similar sort of a concept called mental health first aid um, that has been developed in the sense that researchers are saying, you know what, we don't have as adults walking around this planet that same basic knowledge of what mm -hmm. to do if someone is having a mental health concern right. as opposed to Right. medical concern. Well, yeah, and as I think about it too, and, and maybe I'm I'm wrong on this, but it feels like there's for if it's happening to us, right? If I trip mm -hmm. and sprain my ankle, some of the things I know not to do are sort of innate, right? I know, <laughs> I, I, I yes. know not to put pressure on it simply because it hurts. Yes, um, I'm mm -hmm. not sure that we have the same recognition when we're talking mm -hmm. about feelings of depression or anxiety that we know what to do to mm -hmm. help ourselves is that exactly no okay. that is absolutely the case and so the people who write about mental health literacy will say that it's important for people to have in the sense of helping others whether mm -hmm. it's a stranger or a family member or a friend but it's also really important and one of the components of mental health literacy is being able to understand that in yourself right. because do we really have an understanding of when does sadness become right. depression? Mm -hmm. Do we even have a good understanding of, of that as a potential illness as opposed to an emotion? Right. And I, I think you're right. Many of us don't necessarily recognize mm -hmm. within ourselves things that may mm -hmm. be warning signs or may be symptoms of actually having mm -hmm. a diagnosable mental health concern. So when did this become something you were interested in? When did you start studying it? And I want to talk about your research in a little bit, but first I yeah. want to know a little bit about how you got there. Well, I most immediately got there reading um, an article in The American Psychologist by Anthony Jorm, who's the person who's probably most associated with this particular line of research. And I mention that because some of our listeners mm -hmm. may actually want to read this article. Um, yeah. It's a review article, and um, it's uh, relatively recent. I don't want to give the wrong date, and so I'm not well, going to... Give. And what I'll do is uh, I'll get that from you, and I will include the Wonderful. information in the along with the, this post, so oh, people can great. find it that way. That's so. awesome. Right. Um, and he's actually from Australia, so I was I was actually I ran across the article 
looking for materials for psych and culture and for um, counseling and psychotherapy. Okay. Um, just looking for some ideas of, of things uh, to do and readings to assign and just became fascinated by it. And that goes back a, a little bit further in the sense that um, I guess for one thing, I never thought I'd be a researcher. And of course, here I am, I'm a college professor today. I had thought I was going to be an English teacher, which many of my students are not real happy about, but that's what I thought I was going to be, and I'm still a frustrated English teacher. Um, and Our uh, producer, by the way, is thrilled being an English major nice. at one point. So nice. <laughs> So awesome. this is a, we, we routinely mention English yeah. in our podcast, by the way, and Kate always gets a smile on her face when we do. So this, which is, is good. this is great. Uh, so that's what I thought I was going to do. And then uh, by the time I left college, I was a psych graduate, and I thought mm -hmm. I was going to work with abused women and children, and that's what I went off to graduate school to do, was to become a master's level clinician and work with abused women and mm -hmm. children. And along the way, I got a work-study job at Madison's Counseling Center. <laughs> and ended up doing career advising for undergraduates while I was in my master's program and then going on and doing my, um, my internship in my master's program working with students at the University Counseling Center who had mental health concerns. Mm -hmm. That ultimately led me to apply to and go to a graduate program at Iowa with, um, to work specifically with my mentor who was not only a, a professor in counseling psychology but also the director of their university counseling service. Mm -hmm. And he specifically did research on mental health care and mental health services and policies for college students. Um, Part of that, by the way, just as, as trivia, because I'm full of trivia today, um, but this is, this is actually sad trivia. Uh, my advisor, Jerry Stone, was one of the, the first um, mental health practitioners on a college campus who had to deal with um, a mass casualty shooting on a college campus. Mm -hmm. And so um, that, that happened, gosh, um, late 1990s, early uh, or I'm sorry, mid-1990s, and he had to coordinate then the mental health response oh, wow. on the campus. And that led him to doing a lot of his research. And in some ways, I know this is going to um, sound like a stretch perhaps, that actually is part of what makes me interested in mental health literacy. Because I've spent so many years thinking about and also doing research on counseling centers and college student mental health and those sorts of mm -hmm. things, and because that's the age group, Right. where a lot of mental illness first shows itself, mm -hmm. it is so critically important that we ourselves have insight into when we have a problem. And another part of literacy is then knowing what to do to help, right? right? I'm elevating my ankle. Well, what's the equivalent of elevating the right. ankle right. When, um, when I'm having anxiety mm -hmm. or I suspect that I may have an eating disorder or mm -hmm. what have you? And what are the sources of help? And is there actually something that can be done to help, which some people believe there isn't. Right. And so it's really not a, a leap in logic for me as someone who's an educator and also passionate about mental health mm -hmm. issues on college campuses to then say, we need to know what our college students and also our college employees know right. about mental health issues. And we need to be providing good services that mm -hmm. let students know what they can do Right. if, yeah. they, if they have concerns. So, so what are some of the... Um, well, we can go one of two ways. Yeah, I'm going sure. to throw out two possible questions. You tell me which one you Choices. want to answer. Okay. Um, 
we can talk a little bit about some of the research you've done mm -hmm. and what some of your findings sure. are, or we can talk a little bit about some of the, the research in general that's out there, mm -hmm. and um, maybe we can start with your stuff, but yeah. then, and then, but Absolutely. I'd love to expand into mm -hmm. just sort of in general, what are some yes. of the important findings? Absolutely. So. Um, the most recent research that, um, that I've done has been um, really wanting to look at assessing the mental health literacy of college students and also college faculty. And so I, I did um, a, a two studies last semester, and my research assistant. I'm a I, participant in this study too, I think, right? Didn't you? Wow. you well, I don't faculty? know because participation is, of oh, course. Oh, right. So yeah, it was know. an anonymous survey. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. Well, I was. So, so I just, well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. See, so. and probably some of our listeners are too, because I have to say, thanks to the uh, to the UWGB student body, because. Um, I got um, responses from almost 900 oh, students wow. on our campus. Wow. Hopefully so, more than one faculty member or else I've really just identified myself. Yeah, as no, a, more than one faculty okay. member, so you're good. <laughs> you're good. Uh, <laughs> but what is typically, uh, what, what I did was um, had folks get randomly assigned to one of three vignettes. And vignettes has, has been, a, a, using vignettes has been a really typical way of doing this kind of research where your research participant reads a little scenario, reads a description of a person, that's what a, a vignette uh, 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 is, and then answers a series of questions about that. Mm -hmm. So in this case, students and faculty were randomly assigned either to someone who was displaying symptoms of major depressive uh, disorder, of a diagnosable substance abuse problem, um, or a physical health okay. problem. And other than giving folks the, um, you know, so-and-so has felt sad, or so-and-so has had stomach pains, or so-and-so um, has been drinking heavily, the consequences that were described and many of the symptoms that were described, such as missing class, right. different sorts of feelings and, and, and whatnot, were the same. Okay. People were asked questions about a variety of things, including what they thought the problem was, mm -hmm. how serious they thought the problem was, um, but also about their willingness to intervene if they were to see that person visibly intoxicated, if that right. were the scenario, crying, holding mm -hmm. their stomach in pain, and so on. So to try to assess both their intellectual understanding and mm -hmm. their willingness to intervene. And then also, did they know what to do to intervene? So yeah, I'm willing to help and you know, was willing to help. Um, you know, I'll go over and, I don't know, invite them to go have coffee right. or was, <laughs> you know, that's, yes. that's what everyone does. Um, or was willing to help uh, walking them to the counseling center Right. And so on. Um, I also asked about things like obstacles mm -hmm. to helping. What would be some of the barriers? Um, and then some basic background questions oh, cool. to, to try to get a sense of, of those sorts of things. To know, for example, is a psych major going to answer that a little bit differently right. than... An English major. An English major. Like right. Like um, the English major, who knows, might do... Might do, might do a pretty good right. job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it going to matter if they are a senior or a freshman? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Did you, do you know your results yet? 
More or less. My, my research assistants and I are working on, on said results um, at this point, and so I don't have a lot that I can share right now. One thing that I am finding very interesting um, as I look at this, and, and I'll share some things related to, to faculty, mm-hmm. is that one of the, and, and this is actually exciting uh, to me, one of the obstacles to health mm-hmm. uh, is turning out to be just knowing the resources on campus. Hmm. Do you know how fixable that is? Right. That's why That's it's exciting <laughs> right. to me. You know, It's not that people are unwilling to help. It's mm-hmm. not that they don't recognize that there's or a that problem. Or that they don't care. Or, or that they uh, don't yeah. care or any of those sorts of things, but they're not necessarily sure what to do. Right. What, or, are, what yeah. are the steps. Yeah. Right? And that's exciting as a researcher because right. that's a fixable problem. Right. And that's an immediate application potentially mm-hmm. of research. The other thing that I'm finding interesting so far, and th- this is going to be hard because there are lots of, not only do we have to pull apart our three groups, mm-hmm. then there are lots of demographic and other mm-hmm. sorts of variables that can intervene here. Um, but the reason and what is sort of unique about the particular research that I'm doing is that I did throw in the substance use kind of thing. More research in the past has looked specifically at physical versus mental health scenarios, not Mm -hmm. throwing in alcohol use. But particularly because of what we know about Mm -hmm. alcohol in the state of Wisconsin and binge drinking rates and things like that, I wanted to see how that would be viewed. And at least initially, my sense is that the student who is drinking so much that it's actually disruptive to their life mm-hmm. in the same way that the mood symptoms or physical symptoms are is being viewed as seriously. Okay. Now, you know, there are we're, we're surveying people and, and probably they have a sense of what the right answer to that right. perhaps should be. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm encouraged by that as right. well. Right. Very good. So what are some of the, you know, getting a sense, obviously, this is mm-hmm. important for people to know, sure. have a sense for why you started and, and mm-hmm. doing some great work on it. What are some of the big things that in this, some of the big findings, whether it's the from the article you, you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. or just in general, some of the things that we, we should, uh, our mm-hmm. listeners should take from this? You know, I think that uh, one of the things the researchers, or researchers, our listeners uh, should take from this is that there is something that they can actually do if mm-hmm. they're interested. Um, there is an organization called um, uh, the National Mental Health. Oh my gosh, there's an organization called, I'm now going to have to look this up, which I just found really, really awful. Um, <laughs> Really, really, really awful. Okay, we're going to provide the website. Yep. But here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> you can now take a mental health first aid class, and there is a national organization that sponsors those. And not only that, our friends in Appleton were so kind that the Appleton School District wrote a grant, and they got funding for um, the youth curriculum, so to provide a number of youth mental health first aid classes and to do that without charging the participants, wow. which is just awesome right and so you can actually go to um, this website you can look for classes in your area mm-hmm. and you as a, a student can go take mm-hmm. a mental health first aid class and find out what that's phone just went off, so all that's about my bad. Um, you know we get upset when those <laughs> things happen in yeah, classes no, and know. now <laughs> Um, it's really critical, though. We, we're having lasagna tonight, I just found out. Oh. So breaking news, folks. Okay. Having yep. lasagna tonight. We're having lasagna. Um, 
so is that affiliated with QPR? Because QPR is... It's not affiliated it's, okay. with QPR. Um, QPR is another kind, though, of mental health first aid right. in, a, in a way, okay. right? Because yep. it's doing a similar sort of thing. It's educating you about a specific sort of issue, mm-hmm. suicide, and also what you can do. Right. Um, so and You're going to have to remind me what QPR stands for. Questioning... Uh, question, persuade, refer. There we go. Thank yep. you. And, and that, too, is a national curriculum. Mm-hmm. That's something that, that folks can do as well. And uh, the part of the reason I mentioned the mental health first aid option is that it actually comes with, and of course our viewers can't see this, but <laughs> I have with me the, uh, the, the book that I got when I took the youth curriculum mental health first aid class in Appleton last spring, um, which was really, actually, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you get this book that is sort of like a textbook Um, But it's written for adults in general because this isn't for psych majors. This is the idea is that this is a national organization that is saying, look, our general public Mm. needs to know this stuff and they need to know about mental illness in adults, but also in young people. And so, you know, let's do this. Um, I know Michelle Obama has signed on as one of the sponsors. So if you go to the, um, or as one of the supporters of of this movement. And so if you go to the national website to look up a class, you will see her encouraging uh, folks in this regard. But the curriculum in the book is actually based on an empirically supported curriculum that was created by our friend Anthony Jorm of the American Psychologist. So it is actually a research-based Right. curriculum and some of the research is looking at the effectiveness that's, of right. when we do this does it work does it work oh that's great outstanding so right. well thank so is there anything else that we should say before we move on to our next I don't think so because I think I've already just bored the no you're not boring daylights out of our audience this, this is the kind <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I love and our audience loves because I mean it, you know it, this is research you're doing that has an immediate impact I mean you just mm-hmm. pointed out even without having finished um, analyzing the data you've pointed out a fixable problem that we have and so this isn't abstract research mm-hmm. for researchers sake this is stuff that's going to solve mm-hmm. problems right here on our campus and so. and um, I think that really uh, that matters and I think that's important so mm-hmm. doing some great work um, very very cool so um, here's what I want to do as always we play a game called five questions where we ask five questions uh, that I pull from a hat about you and your life and what you're up to. You can pass if you want to, and no one will shame you if you do. But uh, The so. shaming happens after we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's so. true. Kate is like that. <laughs> she will, so. Yeah, Kate will be the culprit. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Oh, I'm excited for this one. All right, so question number one. What TV show or movie are you ashamed to admit you love? Oh, no. Well, actually, I'm going to answer this with one that you are – well, no, because I don't love it, so I can't. Oh. I can I can give you one that I'm ashamed to admit that I watched, oh, okay. but I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. I want to hear that. The Christmas Shoes. Yeah, I thought that's what we were going to say. I yeah. was hoping you were. Oh, yeah. my gosh. No, I, I watched it because Rob Lowe was in it, and I like Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> this is young and Rob Lowe, this right? Is, well – yeah, younger, younger. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking he was a kid. He wasn't. A, oh no. no, 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 no. He was. Okay. He was an adult in 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 this. Um, and so no. Uh, you were getting access to a running joke between <laughs> between uh, Chris uh, and oh. I. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> so, this, yeah. Is, this is really bad. So anyway, um, it's a lifetime yeah, movie, is it not? Or no? It, it, I was watching it on Lifetime, oh. but it is not. It's okay. actually it's a Hallmark Hall oh. of Fame kind of oh, a thing, okay. which usually those are good. Okay, oh. I'm just. 
saying usually I, those are good yeah. and and but no it's the most cheesy ridiculous christmas movie i have ever seen in my life i'm sorry to those of you who might like it That's and all of our listeners we share a demographic with them yeah. Yeah. so anyway it, it, our it, i'm sorry yeah, it's I'm all right very, it happens. sorry it happens. but she anyway. does not speak for psychology and stuff she's speaking for herself yes uh, yes the views <laughs> expressed here are only yeah so. Yeah, you know, on the list of Rob Lowe movies, you should be ashamed, you admit, I don't even think that's number one. Like, I think that there might yeah. be some other Rob Lowe movies that we should be, so. Um, interesting, I, uh, I I was actually kind of hoping you were gonna say that when I read the, when I read the question, because I remember that, so. Where, here's a much less controversial one. This won't okay. get us in, well, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, where would you like to go on a dream vacation? Where I would actually like to go on a dream vacation is St. Petersburg, Russia. Because I went there, there right? I went there as a oh. child. I went there when I was in high school. And I would love to go back. I mean, I would just dearly mm. love to go back. Amazing, amazing city. Wonderful people. Hmm. Great art to see. I mean, just architecture. Very cool. All right. Good. I have never been, obviously. Well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I haven't. Okay. I really haven't been many places. But, yeah, in that one. Maybe I have. Have I? You've been to. Okay, I've been places, but I've never been to Russia, and I would like to hey, go. Hey, you were in Germany when the World Cup was going on in that area. That was pretty great, yes. Yeah. I will admit to having forgot about that uh, yeah. <laughs> until just now, but thank you for the reminder. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom was in the Soviet Union when it was the Soviet Union, and uh, it was, I, I suppose, that too? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, she, um, it was... Uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. just getting yeah. Okay, TV. so true confessions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was the Soviet Union. Yeah, so it was the Soviet Union at the time. Um, yeah. But uh, and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev okay. was so. Um, and the reason that I was there, I was a freshman in high school. So allow me to like I was fourteen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right. you can do the math, but still, mm -hmm. I was fourteen. Um, it was actually it was a youth exchange where they were sending about thirty kids from each state. Okay. over to the Soviet Union. Soviet Union was also sending folks back here and was supposed to be building you know, right. relationships and whatnot. So I was there for a month, um, oh, not wow. just in St. Petersburg, but also in Moscow and in Lithuania, which at the time was um, right. the Soviet Republic and, and so on. So we were in like six different cities. Mm. and yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. I, my mom was there for work for some reason. I don't really fully understand it in retrospect. I just know she brought home a lot of cool stuff, stuff. that said CCC. Yeah. 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 All right. I still have some of it. Uh, what is your least favorite food? Oh, onions. Really? Yeah. Onions. Loathe them. Huh. Absolutely loathe them. And it's it's the one, like, don't like it uh, as a food that I didn't really grow out of. Hmm. And I wasn't smart enough, like some people I know, to say that I'm allergic to them. <laughs> so Who that would I don't do have that? to eat them. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. What? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. For those of you wondering, I have a severe allergy to both mushrooms and almonds. So, yeah. Which is surprising, but yeah. yeah so, um, no, my mm -hmm. my wife hates onions as well, which means that I get them anytime she orders anything with mm -hmm. onions. So yeah. El Serape, uh, her her meal always comes with onions. She loads up my plate with them. It's a real treat for everyone. <laughs> so, um, I think I know the answer to this. Yeah. What is your favorite sport? Basketball. I thought so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Lived in Indiana as one of the states I lived in as a mm -hmm. kid started playing, as a girl no less, started playing competitive basketball in third grade. Oh, right. They had teams. We even had cheerleaders wow. in third grade. That's impressive. It was, yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's, and that's Indiana, though. That's Hoosiers, yeah. you know, yeah. so I'm just saying. The 
greatest sports movie of all time, Hoosiers. Yeah, maybe Rocky is pretty good. We'll um, debate that one later. Yeah. You don't like the movie Hoosiers? No, I like Hoosiers. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to declare the number okay. one. That, that's all. Well, have I have you... to think about the alternatives. Okay. And uh, let's all. hope this next question is what is the greatest sports movie of all time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll all see. Right. What is um, it? No, people should know that we have an NCAA tournament each year. I think you are on a bit of a winning streak uh, yeah. in that one. It's been a while since I won, mm-hmm. uh, which is heartbreaking to yes. me. But, we yeah. play for pride and a dollar store trophy. Yeah. Um, and Kate, Dr. Burns is also part of yes. that uh, mm-hmm. group, so which cut my chances of winning considerably when she joined. I went, I went from like less than fifty well, to like. And she goes unconventional though, because yeah. so the year she won was the year that who picked UConn that year. I mean, not that UConn is not a basketball power, but that year, like yeah, the women maybe women would, of course would be winning the national championship, but the men that was that was not on the radar. You are demonstrating right now for everyone why I don't ever win <laughs> the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, all right. Think, math, one more question. If my math is correct, this is our last one. Do you have a favorite newspaper or blog or, or news website or something like that? Wow. Okay, what I have mm-hmm. is a news addiction. All right. And so for part of my lunch okay. every day, I have eight uh, news web oh, sources okay. that I go to. So just a flat-out news So addiction. I just have, yeah. Okay. And so I have to, to go through them, and they cover everything from local to a couple of national to also things like the Chronicle of Higher Education and Inside Higher Ed. Hmm. All right. So... That's probably a, a relatively healthy addiction as far as things go. It's as not like it's gambling or uh, no. cocaine or no. something. I mean, news is better. News, than, is, yeah. news, is, <laughs> news is better, but it, it also can be very depressing. Yeah, it can. Uh, we were actually. <laughs> and then I need my mental health first yeah. aid. And I, it's, we were just talking on a, a, a different podcast about, uh, about the need sometimes to disengage with, with especially political news. So. Well, this has been outstanding. I want to thank you very much. Um, do you have anything you want to like plug before you go? Like uh, anything you want to tell people? Take I'm going to plug something for you if that's okay. Take okay. take Chris's capstone on madness. Uh, students rave, literally rave, about what a great capstone it is. And so, if you need a psychology capstone, Chris's capstone on madness. Mm-hmm. What you're doing for the third time now? Is that right? Or second? No, th- I'm doing it for the third time this semester. It'll be the fourth time in the in spring. spring. So maybe I'll even be close to getting it. Right, <laughs> right. At, wow. at, at that point. Um, I, I would also, for those of you um, who are interested, I'll be teaching multicultural counseling and mental health in the in the mm-hmm. spring as well, along with counseling and psychotherapy, and both of those will help you with your mental health literacy. Yes, indeed. So very, so. very good. So thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about our next episode quick. We actually have a super-duper special episode. Um, we have Dr. Scott Lilienfeld, um, author oh, of awesome. um, 50 Pop Psychology Minutes. Uh, he's going to be coming to Green Bay for our conference uh, and uh, that we there that we hold every year, um, the Epic Conference, uh, Excellence in Psychology Instruction Conference. So um, he is coming here for that uh, to be uh, one of the speakers. Which, by the way, Dr. Vespi is also speaking at. She is doing a, uh, a talk on what you can do with a psychology degree. So that's going to be pretty great. Um, and so while he's here, we have asked him if he would sit down for a podcast episode. So we're going to be talking with him in our next episode, which is really, really exciting. 
Um, so that it will is... make up for this one. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, yeah, no. He's he is a great speaker. I I, I I'm really excited. The, yeah, the last time I heard him speak was just incredible. So it's going to yeah. be really really fun. Um, I want to say a thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, Dr. Vespia, for for being here today and for all the great work you're doing. I want to thank our producer, Kate Farley, an English major from UW Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> who is awesome. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Kimberly Valise for making our beautiful podcast art. That is all we've got for today. Thank you very much.